0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you gathered up here, and good to see you worshiping where you are as we're connected, uh, and people are worshiping still safely all around, but we're grateful to be together, and um, we just didn't catch the applause that we needed. Did you catch that give back the blessing deal? We love being what God is about, and, uh, and once again, on this year, we hit a record, we hit over like $138,000. That's gonna make an enormous difference in what God is doing in the world and what he's doing to to alleviate uh, food needs here in our city and to spread the gospel across Mongolia. And we love as a church being a part of what God is doing. We love seeing what God is doing in the world and we love when we can lean in and together be a part of it. And so it's awesome to be part of a church that is making such an enormous difference. And I just wanna give you thanks and pray and give God the glory as we just say thank you, Jesus, for for giving us the, the mercy of, of being part of something like that. And we're entering this new series called What David Knew. So I'm gonna read for us Psalm 23, and I encourage you to open your Bibles to that. Psalm 23, I bet you've got memories of Psalm 23. And um, we're gonna read it together, and as we open the scriptures together, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, uh, we ask that you, that you speak comfort to every heart, that you speak to us in a way that we can hear, that you, that you open our hearts and our minds to hear from you, our Lord, our God, our shepherd. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. amen. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. forever. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen. Like I said, I bet you've got a memory of this psalm. I mean, this is is one of the most powerful chunks of the Bible that there is. Maybe one of the most powerful poems written in human history, isn't it? And we've all got memories of it. We've all got times when this was the word that was spoken. And it was the word that we needed. I think I, uh, I, think I first sort of came up against the, the full power of, of this psalm when I was a chaplain. I was working as a chaplain during seminary just for a summer at a hospital. And uh, I was on call, I, and my beeper went off. Two in the morning, I woke up, I rolled out of my cot, and I went down to, um, from the on-call sort of sleeping room, I went down to the emergency department in the hospital, and as I approached it, I saw doctors and nurses semicircled around a room with a curtain drawn. And I came to learn that within that room, behind that curtain, a young girl had just passed away of an enlarged heart. And you could hear the mother and the father weeping inside there. And as I got to that semicircle of doctors and nurses, one of the nurses, um, she said to me, chaplain, I'm glad you're here. You're the only one who can help them now, she said. You're the only one who can help them now. And then she saw the Bible in my hand and she put her finger on it. And she said, and that is the only thing that can reach them. I walked through that curtain, I walked into that room and I read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I know you've got memories like that of this psalm, one of the most powerful, powerful pieces of Scripture. And it's a psalm that David wrote. So we want to we spend this time, we're entering this series called What David Knew, looking at the psalms. I've heard it said that people that are, that are growing in their faith, people that are getting closer to Jesus are getting mature in their discipleship, they spend a lot of time in the psalms. Why? Because the psalms, they kind of distill all this, the the power of the word of God, they distill it into a song of prayer. And it it helps us to come to God, the psalms help us to come to God from the full range of our human emotions. I mean, if you're happy, there's a psalm for that. If you're sad, there's a psalm for that. If you're angry, there's there's a psalm that'll meet you there. If you're frustrated, if you're confused, if you're suffering, there's a psalm. There's a psalm that can lead you home to God from right where you are. And so we wanna look at the psalms, and, and, but we really wanna look at the psalms of David. David, second king of Israel, lived a 1,000 years before Jesus was even born, and David wrote more than half of the psalms that are in our Bible. And David, you know, King David, he was a real guy, I mean, he was a a real man with real struggles, with real emotions, and what we find is that at this intersection of David's real struggles, his real heart, we we find this intersection in his Psalms where all of where he is intersects with the Holy Spirit speaking to him in his life. You know, David was a, you know, he, he was not a perfect man. If you know the story of David, and we'll get into some of this as we go along, He was a man who had great strengths and he was a man who had weaknesses. He was a man who had, you know, great potential and then he had ways that he could do great damage. In some ways he was strong, in some ways he was weak. And this real man with real struggles running his real life in a real context, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. And at that intersection, what we see is, we see in the Psalms of David a picture coming forward. It's a picture of the character of God. And I'm pulling no punches here. That picture, as it comes forward, it looks a lot like Jesus. What we're gonna do with these seven weeks is we are going to find Jesus in the Psalms of David. We're gonna see that. And it's not just an academic exercise. This is not just some kind of like Bible, you know, Bible academic exercise. Because what you're gonna find is that no matter where you are, there's a Psalm that can lead you home to God. No matter how confused you are, no matter how far you are from the Lord right now, There's a psalm that can guide you home to the Lord from where you are. And it reveals a picture that looks a lot like Jesus. And in the most surprising way, that's what David knew. That's what David knew. We start with Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing, or I shall not want, shall not want. It's a statement of of fact, isn't it? It's just saying that this is the way it is. This is not what this isn't. This is not a, a sort of biblical press against you having desires, okay? It doesn't say, since the Lord is your shepherd, you shouldn't want anything. You shouldn't have desires. You should suppress everything that you want, your desires. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is that, with the Lord as my shepherd, I find that the Lord provides. For me and it's very it's very personal it's very private the lord is my shepherd that's one of the reasons why this this psalm resonates so deeply in our hearts is that the lord he's my shepherd he sees what i need he guides me and i'm his he knows me by name and he guides me in my life he touches my heart it's personal it's intimate the lord is my shepherd he knows me right where i am Well, David knew about shepherds. Do you know why? Because he was one. He was one. When the prophet Samuel went to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem, God sent sent him there because God told Samuel that that one of Jesse's sons would be the next king of Israel, the second king of Israel. For it says in 1 Samuel 13:14, "For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people." So here's what happened. Samuel went to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem and he said, "I'm looking for something. Do you have some sons?" And, and Jesse kind of thought, well, this is very special. The prophet of Israel is here. And so I mean, he paraded all of his sons in front of Samuel. You know, he brought them all out and they walked along and he said, well, oh, here's a really tall one, you know. Here's a really good looking one. Uh, here's a really strong one. Here's a really smart one. And they all came by and all along the Spirit of God was just whispering in Samuel's ear, no, no, not the one, not the one. Until finally, Samuel had to say, and this is what he says in, uh, in uh, 1 Samuel 16, 11. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And Jesse says this, oh, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. Now, who was that church? That's our David. Who's da- He's the little guy, the kind of runt of the litter. That we almost forgot about, who's out there running around with the sheep. I mean, that's, that's David. We just use him out there to take care of the sheep. That's it. He's out tending the sheep. And that's the one that God was training. You see, God was training David as a shepherd, as a humble shepherd. He was training him in places where no one would see him. To be a humble shepherd would become a shepherd king. But this psalm isn't about David. It's about God. God is my shepherd, and what kind of a shepherd is God? I mean, what kind of if, if you give yourself over to the Lord's leading, what can you expect? What kind of a shepherd is God? Well, he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Listen, if you um, if you are a sheep and you wind up with a bad shepherd, how does that go for you? Not so great right? If you've got a bad shepherd, you're going to wind up being one of these unfed, uncared for, unwatered, unprotected, sick, scrawny, lame little sheep. Are you with me? That's a bad shepherd. But who is God? God is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's good for me. He leads me beside quiet waters. That's good, that's good. He refreshes my soul. He cares for my innermost being. He builds me up from the deepest part of me. He's a good shepherd. He guides me along the right paths. I want you to see this now. Why does he guide me along the right paths? Say this with me. For his name's sake. For his name's sake. God cares for me. He's my God. He's he's a good shepherd. He's caring for my soul. He's leading me to green pastures. He's laying me down beside quiet waters. He's restoring me from the inside out. He cares about me. He protects me. He guides me. He leads me. Why? For his name's sake. And what is his name? What What is his reputation? Well, God is the good shepherd God. And he cares about that. You see, this is good news. God doesn't care for us because he finds us to have some kind of special merit. It isn't because of what I'm doing that God extends his loving care toward me. It isn't because of my, my own kind of, uh, I'm pretty good at this, that God says, yeah, you are, let me help you along. No, why does God act the good shepherd to us? Because he is, in his character, the good shepherd God. And he cares about his name. And so he guides and he leads and protects by his own character, which we call his grace. Verse four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I bet, I bet you know an older translation of that, don't you? Yea, though I walk. Anybody want to say it with me? Through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, the valley of the shadow of death. The darkest valleys. Some think that's an actual place David had in mind. There's a, there's a deep ravine that runs uh, on the in between Jerusalem and Jericho that's where the road to Jericho runs and there's this valley there it's like a it's a tight valley it's so deep it's like one of our canyons like but deeper than that and, and, sh- and sharper than that and there's places in it where the, literally the sun never actually hits that place and it's right outside of Jerusalem in fact a man in our church a dear saint he painted it for, it for us it's on the hall in between here and the sanctuary if you ever want to have a look at that The deep valley, the dark valley, the valley of shadows, the valley of the shadow of death. Well, when I'm in there, you know, when I'm in that place in life where it feels like I'm not gonna see the sun again, when I'm in that place in life where I'm in the struggle, where everything is hard, where I can't find the strength to get up and go after it again that day, where it feels like, oh, this again, when I wake up again and I think I'm still in this mess, I'm still in this mud, I'm still in this slog. Do you ever have those times in your life and you take a good night's sleep and you're like, oh, that felt great. And you wake up and realize, oh, I'm still in this. You wake up and think, I'm gonna go to church today. Oh, I have to wear a mask. I mean, you're right, right? How how much longer? When is this going to be over? How much longer is this struggle? How much longer is this slog? And even when I'm in that, what does it say? It says, "I, I will not be afraid. When my whole life seems like it's spinning to pieces and it won't hold at the core, I will not be afraid. Why? Because my shepherd is with me. And he knows the pain more than I know the pain. And he knows the struggle more than I know the struggle. And he knows what hurts more than I know what hurts. And he knows the way home and he's with me. And what does my shepherd have? My shepherd's got a rod. Did you see that? He's got a rod. Do you know what the rod is for? The rod is for beating off the wild animals. Anything that's gonna come and attack me, my shepherd's got a rod to attack that. And my shepherd's got a staff, a shepherd's crook, you know? And what's that for? Well, that's to, that's to guide me along. If I start to wander away from my shepherd, I'm going to feel that thing in my ribs. Because he's going to say, no no, 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 you walking with me. You're coming with me. You're coming down the good paths for my name's sake. I will not be afraid. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. For he is with me. He has power to set a table in front of me right in the face of my own enemies, in the face of all the evils that oppose me out there. Imagine you're on the front lines, and you can see enemy forces. You can hear the enemy forces. You can can hear their weapons popping off, and you know peace. Why? Because the Lord, he sets a table in the presence of my enemies. He's right there with me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When you're seated at the Lord's table, you see, he's got power to protect. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. See, even in the middle of the mess, he anoints your head with oil. That that doesn't sound nice. I don't want anybody to pour oil on my head, right? But what is that talking about? That's That's the oil of gladness. It's the oil of the joy of the Lord. Even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, my face shines. My chin is up. My eyes are gleaming. Why? Because the Lord has poured out his oil of gladness over me and I know he's with me and I know he guides me and I know he protects me and I know that even though I may pass through a season of suffering, an era of suffering, a lifetime of difficulty, I know that my Lord is with me. My life is in his hands. We don't know exactly when David wrote this, this psalm, Psalm 23. Wouldn't you like to know when it was? wouldn't you like to imagine the place that pen went to paper and this was the result? And we don't know when David wrote it, but this is one of those moments that makes us think David wrote it when he was on the run. He was either on the run from King Saul, who spent a lot of time trying to find David and kill him, or he was on the run from his own son, Absalom, who spent a lot of time trying to find David and kill him or he was on the run from the Philistines who spent a lot of time trying to find David, and you know what? Kill him. Whenever he wrote this, the struggle was real. Listen, this was not, uh, yay, though I cannot find my favorite brand of almond milk for my latte, right? (laughs) This was not, yay, though I'm a little frustrated with how things are going at work. No, this was real. My life is threatened. Do you ever have, I mean, does anybody have people after you like that? You know, his life was threatened from every direction. And he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not afraid. I lift my head. For my Lord is with me. My shepherd cares for me. He's got me, and he's got this. Now, that kind of a care, it, it's not just a minute in time. That lasts a lifetime. In fact, it, it It lasts a life. And so we come to this final bit. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I, church, let's read this together. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The beauty of the psalm, why we read it when we read it, why you've maybe heard it when you've heard it, is that promise right there. That if you're in Christ, if you're a believer, if you're following, if you believe in the, in the love of the Lord in your life, if you've answered the call of Christ, your good shepherd, then you know that you are in the house of the Lord today and through death and into eternal life. You are in his care forever and ever. For God is my shepherd. Well, there are a lot of places in the Bible that talk about God as a shepherd. But you know what Jesus said when Jesus came? Jesus said, I am that shepherd. He said all the promises of that that shepherd psalm in Psalm 21, all of that is fulfilled in me. All of the different places where it talks about God being a shepherd who's coming for his people, Jesus said, that's me. I am the good shepherd. In John 10, he said this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Not only does Jesus lead and guide, protect, and, 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 and feed the sheep, Jesus actually dies for the sheep. A shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And then he goes on, he says, I'm the good shepherd. Verse 14 of John 10. I know my sheep, and my sheep do what? They know me. My sheep know me, they know my voice. When I talk, I'm not, just, I'm not just throwing words on the wind. When I speak, my sheep hear my voice and I can tell because they respond. They come toward me. He's our good shepherd. So why does it feel like sometimes we can't hear him? I mean, the psalm is very clear. The psalm is very matter-of-fact. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord guides and protects. He leads me in my life, and I, I hear his voice, and I'm just following along with them. Well, friends, why is it that sometimes we read that back on Jesus? We say, Jesus is this good shepherd. He's guiding. He's leading. He's his voice. I can hear him. I can hear from him, not an audible voice. He puts these thoughts in my mind that I know are not originating from my own psyche. He's, he's speaking to me from a spiritual places, and I hear his, well, how come sometimes I can't? How come sometimes it's silent? I opened up that question in my own mind in my studies this week and it was like a thousand answers came flooding through the window. I wanna give you six, okay? Six reasons, get out your pens and papers, pencils and pads. Six reasons why maybe you're not hearing the word of the Lord, the voice of God in your life. Number one, the noise. Does anybody have a lot of noise in their life? I want you to imagine a flock of sheep. Only this flock of sheep—they've got AirPods in their ears, right—and they're constantly at full volume. They've got—they've got Beats noise-canceling headphones on these sheep, and the shepherd is trying to call. Maybe there's too much noise. Number two, willful disobedience. You know, it's hard to hear someone that you're running as hard as you can away from. Are you fleeing the presence of the Lord? Number three. Passive disobedience. What's that? Has the Lord told you to do something and you don't want to do it? Has the Lord, the shepherd, told you to get rid of something or to stop something or to, or to go get something or to pursue something, but you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it. That's a passive disobedience. You'll not hear his voice until you take that step. He's made it perfectly clear. Number four. How about no voice recognition? Anybody trying to talk to your phone and it doesn't know what you're saying? Come on. Has anybody had that experience? And then your car grabs it, some of these cars. You know, you all heard about my old Jeep that I got rid of. Well, now I've got a car that grabs my phone and and it's like, now I'm trying to talk to this car. No voice recognition, right? Well, how do you get voice recognition? The way you recognize the voice of the Lord, the shepherd, is you get in his word. And you learn his language again. You recognize his voice. Well, how about this? Number five, you're in a a bad flock. It's hard to hear the shepherd when everybody around you turns away from his voice when he speaks. Or number six, you're not in a good flock. Does that sound like the same thing? (laughs) It's a little different. You, maybe you know there's a good flock out there. There's people that respond to Jesus' voice. There's followers of Jesus. There's believers. There's good sheep. But you know what? When Jesus speaks, they're all turning their head. But you're nowhere to be found. Why? Because you're not running with them. You're not entering into that community. You're not going to get close to them. You're not in a good flock. If you're not hearing the voice of the shepherd, maybe you're suffering one of these six things. Because listen, the shepherd, he never fails to speak. David, He knew God as a shepherd. He knew God as a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And in a sense, he saw Jesus coming, the good shepherd. And David, the Bible tells us, was a man after God's own heart. We heard that in 1 Samuel 13. But then we hear it again in Acts. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, I wanna show you this verse. After removing Saul... He made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now watch this. Look at this now. Look at this. He will do everything I want him to do. Why is David a man after God's own heart? Not because he's perfect. He's got a lot of faults. But David is a man after God's own heart because of this, faith. He'll do whatever I want him to do. He knows that I'm his shepherd. He knows that he's my sheep. That's being a person after God's own heart, that he will do whatever God wants of him. He knows that that he belongs to him and he listens to his voice. That's going after God's own heart. You do what God asks you. If God asks you to to go, you go. Go. If God asks you to stop, you do what? You stop. If God asks you to speak up, you speak up. If God asks you to be quiet, you be quiet. When God tells you to take a step of faith, what are you going to do? You take a step. He will do whatever I want him to do. You say, Lord, you're my shepherd. My life is in your hands, not only now, but forever. I'll do whatever you want, I'm yours. I'm yours. That's being a man, a woman, a person after God's own heart. So if you can't hear your, his voice, maybe you're suffering one of these six. I want to just, you know, just, let's just run back up the list in reverse. I can't hear the voice of the shepherd. Well, are you not in a good flock? Are you not entering into a good flock? Get into a good church, a good people of God, a community of faith, that when Jesus speaks, everyone's turning. Their ears are perked up, and they turn. You've got to get into a flock like that. Are you not hearing his voice? Maybe you're in a bad flock. If you're in a bad flock, get out. Go get in a good one. I'm not talking about changing churches right here, Okay talking about all the voices of influence that are in your life, that are speaking to you. If they're not responsive to Jesus, you get out. Are you suffering with no voice recognition? Get back into the Bible. Start reading daily. Learn the language of God. Recognize the voice of Jesus. Is there something that Jesus asked you to do? Do it. Do it. Are you running away from Jesus in willful disobedience? Stop running away from Jesus. Stop and turn and run toward him. He's the good shepherd who laid down his life for you. Is there too much noise? Just too much noise. Stop the noise. Let the Lord speak to an open and listening ear. The Lord never stops speaking. He's the good shepherd. Can the Good Shepherd change your life? Yes, if you listen to him. Can the Good Shepherd change situations in our world? Can it heal cities like Minneapolis? Can it touch broken lives, heal broken hearts? Yes, yes, if you listen. Can the good shepherd bring people together from all kinds of different backgrounds, walks of life, races, people who can't hear each other, can't understand each other, hurt from one another? Can he bring that together? Yes, he can. If we'll hear his voice above all voices, if we'll respond to his call above all calls, hear the voice of your good shepherd and respond. Be a man, be a woman, be a child, be a person. After God's own heart, he will do anything I want him to do. Finally there's a turn in Psalm 23 that I want to I want to point out it's a powerful turn. Cuz first the psalm it starts talking about God. The Lord is my shepherd. But then it takes a turn and it talks to God. I will not fear for you are with me. Friends There's a big difference between talking about God and talking to God. And you need to talk to the Lord, your good shepherd. He died for you. He laid down his life for the sheep. He knows you and he loves you. And he's waiting to hear you. Open your voice and talk to the Lord, your shepherd. He hears you even when you can't hear him. So Lord, open every heart. Look across this church. And I think about our church scattered worshiping on a thousand screens and I know Jesus that you are shepherding every soul you're guiding us forward you've got something for us a step to take and I pray that we'd have courage to take it Jesus that we would trust you as our good shepherd who lay down his life that we would give our lives over to you and that we wouldn't just talk about you we'd talk to you and we would know Jesus the power of you calling your people forward what if every believer would answer your call as you speak good shepherd what if every one of us would have open ears open hearts and obedient feet to follow in your path. What a difference would be made in the world right now today, by the time we lay our heads down tonight, if every believer would just take the next step, Jesus, that you're calling them to take. If those who don't know you would open their heart to know you and open their lives to you. Jesus, what a difference this would be across the landscape of our world. And we pray for it to your glory, our good shepherd, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot